Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Thursday morning headlines. Today marks two months since the surprise Hamas terrorist attack that Israel says killed 1,400 people and left 240 people held hostage in the Gaza Strip. In return, relentless Israeli airstrikes have killed more than 16,000 Palestinians, over half women and children. Just under 2 million people have been displaced in Gaza. Austin City Council is going to be meeting today for the final time to discuss the home initiative. This proposal would make it legal to build up to three homes on a property. It would also create a bonus program to encourage the preservation of houses already on lots. Those opposed to the initiative argue demolishing will encourage some developers to clean out those single-family homes that are already affordable. Today marks the 82nd anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. Hundreds of Japanese bombers attacked Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard. 21 ships of the Pacific Fleet were sunk or damaged. More than 2,400 Americans were killed in that attack and some 1,100 more wounded. The attack drew the United States into World War II. It is Thursday, yes. and it's a nice way to start yeah. off your day today with the weather before cold front heads our way this weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Edmondes. And I'm Tom Miller. We have meteorologist Kristen Curry here with us as well. Kristen, not normally this nice in December. <laughs> I, know, I know. You almost like feel spoiled. I know. Right? It's yeah. happening. It's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on because we do want you to take advantage of the nice weather that we've been spoiled with not only yesterday, but today and again tomorrow. Right now, clouds and radar not showing anything picking up as far as precipitation goes, but we're certainly going to be looking at our fair share of clouds today. Temperature wise, it's not bad outside. I mean, it's chilly in spots. Yes, it's still December, but up upper 40s to even 50s. I mean, 50 degree morning lows out in the hill country. These temperatures should be running a good five to seven degrees colder, but we are going to be looking at a warming trend here to finish the week. So your temperature change shows most of us up about two to 10 degrees over where we were yesterday at this time. The afternoon is going to feel mild with temperatures getting back into the upper 60s today. Really what's limiting us, these high clouds. So. It's not going to be a bright blue sky up top. You're going to see quite a bit of that high cloud cover, but not totally blocking the sunshine for today. Coming up in your first morning forecast, we've got a quick swing and our temperatures going up tomorrow, going down on Saturday. A spotty rain expected for some as our next cold front rolls through and a near widespread freeze to start our next work week. We'll talk more about it coming up in your first morning forecast. Thank you, Kristen. Questions and concerns remain after that deadly shooting spree that killed six people and left three others injured. Those shootings spanning from San Antonio here into Austin. People in the Circle C neighborhood in southwest Austin where the suspect is accused of killing two people said they are concerned about law enforcement not issuing alerts about the suspect. A local state representative also concerned. And KXAN's Brianna Hollis goes in-depth asking police about the criteria for alerts and options for emergency messages. It's pretty scary to think, you know, what, what took place. Andrea Fisher, a mom of four, says she learned about the presence of a gunman in the Circle C neighborhood from her daughter's cycling coach after police say the suspect shot a cyclist on a nearby trail. Relayed through an app that we use within our team. But as the night went on and other shootings took place. Helicopters circling over my house, you know, roads closed. She says she hoped for more information directly from law enforcement. Because, you know, a lot of the information we're getting 
is is hearsay, I heard, I'm making assumptions, and that gets passed around and that blows up and it's not accurate. State Representative Vicki Goodwin also raised concerns about the lack of an emergency alert. I absolutely think it could help. It would change people's behavior, and that's the whole intention. In a statement, APD explained why the department didn't issue an alert. Before police had surefire evidence to connect all four shootings, investigators didn't have a description of the suspect or vehicle yet, so there was nothing concrete to tell the public to look for. And the situation did not meet the criteria for police to send out an alert. Policing and the people that are protecting us uh, we ask them to do this in dangerous situations, and we ask them to do it where there has to be nuance in what they're doing. And I think you'll, you'll, people will see that the, the nuance of uh, being in the moment and having to address things, uh, the good decisions were made. And there's really this fine line that you have to navigate. The VP of Safety Solutions for Alert Media, a subscription-based company that issues emergency alerts to businesses, says it's imperative to strike the right balance with these notifications. Incorrect or inconsistent information can actually worsen a situation, so accuracy is absolutely vital. Fisher maintains any emergency alert would have helped. It would have heightened my awareness to be more proactive quicker. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Parents of students at Northeast Early College High School tell us they did receive text notifications from Austin ISD. They mentioned both the lockdown and the AISD officer being shot. In a statement, APD said this was not an active shooting event, rather a series of events that took place in several different locations across the city with various motives. And that's why the department says it didn't ask the Department of Public Safety to issue an alert. Its active shooter alert system was created back in 2021. The following criteria is needed to activate the state's network. The active shooter has to be in the requesting agency's jurisdiction. The alert needs to also help people and let them know that that shooting is near their location. There has to be verification of an active shooter situation through a preliminary investigation by the requesting agency. The active shooter's last known location has to be known and identifiable. APD also addressed why it didn't issue a blue alert, and that's when a suspect kills or seriously injures police. And APD says it couldn't send one out because it didn't have any information about the suspect or the vehicle, and there would have been nothing to tell the community to look out for. To Las Vegas, where three people are dead and one person is in the hospital after a mass shooting there on the University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus. The suspect also dead and officials there say the threat to the campus is over, but the investigation is just getting started. Law enforcement telling NBC News the suspect was a man in his 60s. He died in the shootout with police. There are no other immediate details on a motive or even the weapon used. Police say just before noon yesterday, the shooter fired shots in the university's business school, then the student union. Students are still processing what happened. Now that I've calmed down a bit, now I just feel angry. This is a place of education, relationships, friendships. College is supposed to be the best time of your life, not the end of it. There's no immediate information on that suspect's identity. And President Biden is talking about it, releasing a statement on what he says is a senseless killings, both in Nevada 
and right here at home, he confirmed he has sent federal law enforcement officials to assist in the investigations, calling for lawmakers of both parties to in Congress to pass assault weapons and advance common sense measures to help prevent even more gun violence. He wrote in part, this year alone our nation has experienced more than 600 mass shootings and approximately 40,000 deaths due to gun violence. This is not normal and we can never let it become normal. And together we must do more to prevent more families and more communities like Austin, San Antonio and Las Vegas from being ripped apart by gun violence." End quote. Republicans right held their fourth the and possibly final presidential and primary debate, which took the center of attention as a major frontrunner was not in attendance. And the latest accomplishment for a gold medal winning golfer as we catch up with a local Special Olympian. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. This is a live look from our camera over in Fredericksburg at Barron Creek Vineyards. Kristen is here with a look at your forecasts for today and also looking towards the weekend. Now, overnight, Republicans held their fourth and possibly their last presidential primary debate. Once again, the frontrunner Donald Trump not there. Time running out really for anyone trying to make up some ground here. And the surging Nikki Haley was at the center of attention. NBC News' Garrett Hake is in Alabama this morning for today with a full recap of last night's back and forth. Coming up this morning on today, the fourth and perhaps final Republican debate, a fiery showdown between four candidates and a tale of two frontrunners. The one on the stage, Nikki Haley, the target of so many attacks across a two-hour debate, and the one absent, Donald Trump, not here again today, but the target of Chris Christie and perhaps his last stand as a presidential candidate on the debate stage. All of the, all of the moments and the details coming up this morning on today. Thank you, Garrett. Still ahead, Ascension Seton nurses taking to the picket lines for the second time this year. How they are planning to prove to management that they are ready to head back to work. A plan and the potential benefits of helping out Austin's housing problem. Good morning, the UT men's and women's basketball teams were in action last night. We've got the action for you coming up later in sports. You definitely want to keep it here. Good morning, it is Thursday. We're taking a live look from the Barron Creek Vineyards camera where the lights are still on and hopefully you're gonna have a really nice weekend out there in Fredericksburg if wine tasting is on your agenda. To the news now, an ousted former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is leaving Congress. The House voted the California Republican out of his leadership position in early October. He said he's going to resign at the end of the month. In a video on X, he explains that now is the time to pursue his new passions. He didn't go into detail about that next move, but McCarthy's exit further cuts the narrowing GOP majority in the House following Representative George Santos's expulsion. McCarthy's departure is expected to cause a special election in California. Three, two, one. Well, that's exciting. About 82 million packages are going to zigzag across the U.S. every day this holiday season. Major shipping companies are finding new and faster ways to get orders to your door. Coming up, an exclusive look at how FedEx is making sure all of their packages survive transit in one piece, too. NBC's Brian Chung got special access to the 33,000 square foot packaging lab outside of Memphis, where FedEx is purposely trying to break things in order to test the strength of a package and how to protect it. 
and catch that on the Today Show. What a fun game. Yeah. Yes. You break it and see if it's steamy. I'm glad you explained that because I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, that's what FedEx is doing? Yes. Like, maybe it makes Merry sense Christmas. to some of you, right? Your package shows up and you're like, what happened to this? Oh, they tested it first. Exactly. Yeah. Yours so nice. is the package they were trying to break. Let me show you what's going on outside this morning. Good morning to you. Clouds and radar across the region only showing clouds. We aren't going to be talking rainfall today. Just lost my camera there. Uh, Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. I, I will tell you though, we do have a little bit of cloud cover up top, but we'll take it. Why? Because that cloud cover is keeping us a little bit warmer this morning. 48 degrees and we're just talking relative, right? We know 48 still warranting a jacket, but these temperatures not quite as cold as where we've been recently. Looking ahead towards the rest of today, those 40s quickly turn to the 60s, but we'll pretty much stay in the 60s all day long. Forecast time. 69. Yesterday we hit 68, so not a noticeable change here between those afternoon numbers, but not a bright blue sky on top of us either. Seeing a lot of that filtered sunshine today. High clouds from start to finish. Leave the rain gear at home. You won't need it today, and you won't need it tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to see a mix of sun and clouds, but a lot more wind here coming in ahead of our next cold front. Expected to move into the hill country Saturday morning. Austin Metro likely to see this around the lunchtime hour, and then eastern County thereafter. You'll also notice there's a little bit of green out ahead of that cold front. These rain chances very, very light. I mean, we're talking minimal accumulation as that cold front comes in, squeezes out a little bit of rain by a little bit. We're talking a few hundredths of an inch, mainly for areas along and east of I-35. Again, that will all happen between about Saturday, late morning, early afternoon. Saturday evening plans dry. But ooh, that wind, that wind coming in behind the cold front, you will notice it because it's a nice warm southerly wind tomorrow. Yes, it will be gusty, but as that cold front starts to move in Saturday, late morning into the afternoon, look at the wind gust Saturday night. I mean, 30 to potentially 40 mile per hour winds coming in behind that cold front on Saturday. So wanted to give you a big heads up there just in case you've got any of the inflatables or the holiday decor out in your front yard. Make sure all of that is tied down deflated by the time we hit Saturday because unfortunately we might see some damage with just how strong those winds are. Seven day forecast. I've got a high of 69 today. Look at the low tomorrow. 61 is what we wake up to Friday. Getting spoiled with the lows just for a couple more days because as that cold front rolls in, we'll probably get the rain first and then the wind and then the cooler temperatures. That's how it's going to play out with the impacts here. Only a 20% chance of rain though, so that's not necessarily an impact I'm super concerned about. But the temperatures behind it, 50s on Sunday and a near widespread freeze expected Monday morning. Kristen, thank you. Coast Guard air crews have spotted a new oil sheen on the water in the Gulf of Mexico. It is the same general area as an oil spill just last month. The Coast Guard first reported the spill on November 16th and then later announced that more than a million gallons of oil could have spilled into the Gulf, most likely from a pipeline owned by Maine Pass Oil Gathering LLC. Now, the Coast Guard says it has assessed the entire length of that pipeline and surrounding pipelines, but still hasn't found the exact source of the leak. 
The Biden administration once again delayed a ban on menthol cigarettes, this time until 2024. Public health officials saying the products are responsible for taking hundreds of thousands of lives. They worry that moving the decision into an election year will result in inaction from the federal government yet again. The White House quietly updated its Office of Information and Regulatory, Regulatory Affairs website now reflects that any final ban on menthol won't take place until at least next March. But even then, it is expected to take years for menthol products to be off store shelves. Previously, the ban was supposed to take effect by the end of this month. Meantime, the Williamson County Regional Animal Shelter is jam-packed, overcrowding and in crisis. Now extra enticements for you to adopt. The shelter has 239 dogs, which is 139 more than it is designed to care for. So this week, adoptions are just two bucks. Volunteers also welcome to help with daily tasks, including walking the docks. Shelter is open daily from noon to six in Georgetown. SAG-AFTRA members officially ratified the tentative deal reached with the Hollywood Studios. An agreement back in early November ended a grueling 118-day strike against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. The deal was approved by just over 78% of the group. Turnout was less than 40%. Under the deal, union members will receive pay increases along with protections around AI technology. A first for the SAG-AFTRA. The new contract is set to last three years expiring in June of 2026. Nurses at Ascension Seton Medical Center in Austin are back to work with a rally today. They say it's to show management that they are ready to take care of patients after their one day strike yesterday, protesting what they call unsafe work conditions. The National Nurses United Union says nurses in Austin are worried about staffing and equipment issues. We spoke with a nurse with the hospital who talked about the scale of the issue. It's just become a big movement and a big realization that this is more than just one unit. This is our whole, whole hospital and other facilities that we've come on board with. It's a problem everywhere. Ascension Seat Medical Center Austin told us that it has contracted with a staffing agency to make sure it has enough people to work during that strike. It also told us it's bargaining in good faith with the union. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning. Non-conference tests are common and necessary early in the season, and the Texas basketball team had one last night against a familiar face. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart who spent some time as the head man at Texas. Only player he's coached that is still on the roster is Brock Cunningham. Rodney Terry hoping Texas improves at 7-1 going into this one. Texas firing away early. Max A. Smith's three puts the horns up 6-3. That was the second three of the game. Then A. Smith draining a deep three. Nine points out of the gate for A. Smith hitting the first three threes of the night. But then Marquette starts heating up themselves. Cam Jones hits this one to put the Golden Eagles up 29-20. And Brock Cunningham getting the pass from A. Smith. Nice dish to Zarek Onyema for the dunk. Texas within five, but Tyler Kolick had himself a night. He drains this deep three right before halftime to put Marquette up 42 to 28. And then in the second half, Kolick gets this floater to bounce in. He had 28 points to lead all scorers. Texas falls to Marquette 86-65. Longhorn 6-2 now. They'll host Houston Christian next on Saturday. The UT women just aced their non-conference test against UConn on Sunday. They'll have another one next week, but first they wanted to handle business against Long Beach State. Before tip-off at the Moody Center, 
They received their Big 12 championship rings for winning the title last season. We'll pick it up in the first quarter. Shea Holly, the Westlake alum, giving it over to Cedar Park alum Gisela Mall for the three-pointer and the Central Texas Connection puts Texas up 24-9. Then Mall giving it over to Madison Booker for the three-pointer, 37-9. Deanna Gaston checking in for the first time this season in the second quarter. She was out with an ankle injury, and they give the ball over to Gaston for the layup, and her first points of the year makes it 39-13 Texas. Longhorns continuing to build their lead before the half. Rory Harmon misses the three. Taylor Jones with the rebound and put back. Texas up by 40. Jones had 21 on the night at halftime. They do the teddy bear toss. So all the teddy bears and toys will be donated to an Austin Children's charity. And then in the third quarter, Texas picking it up where they left off in the first half. The steal and the Shea Holly layup puts Texas up. Huge. They win this one 106-62 to improve to 10-0 on the year. This is their best start since 2015. They'll have a week free from competition against next until next Wednesday night when they visit the desert to play Arizona in Tucson. That does it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Thank you. And for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you at 5 o'clock. The community's calls for justice to be served as we continue our in-depth coverage of the shooting spree that took place across Austin and in San Antonio. 